So I'll say again, good morning. Um, the reading today is uh, starting on chapter 2 of Timothy 1, and starting at the first verse down through 8. So that's uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully, sorry, we may live, live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. The testimony given in its proper time, and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying, and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer, without anger or disputing. Well, good morning um, and a welcome from me um, to our service this morning. It's strange sometimes, you know, when you, you prepare something and then before you actually come up and speak, somebody actually already says some of what you, or in a different way, says what you're going to say this morning. And um, But I hope and pray that this morning you will take something away um, from what God has to say this morning. Pray that the Spirit will just move in you this morning. And I want you to begin in these verses in Timothy. If I were to ask you this morning, what three priorities do you have in your life today? I wonder how you would answer. Maybe... Uh, your top priority would be to find a job. After COVID, maybe you're out of work and don't have any employment. And maybe your priority is to find work, to find somewhere where you can earn money in which to live. Or maybe your family, your spouse and your children are a priority for you. I grew up in an era where men had the main responsibility for feeding their family. Therefore, they, they went to work and most women stayed at home uh, to bring up the family. But the man provided for them. Today, society has changed and quite often it's a joint enterprise. But whether you're a parent, you... you might be on your own, you might be feeling the responsibility of having to provide for your children. And your priority is to make sure that they have enough to eat, that they are clothed. You might even, if you have children, be concerned about their future. Your priority might be get them into a school that you have decided would give them the best opportunity in the future. You may have a child who isn't particularly academic and maybe you're just trying to encourage them to do their homework. 
And I think if you're a parent, you've been there and done that one. Your concern, your priority is to get them into a position where they understand that they need to do their homework, they need to work at school, and they need to achieve in life. But quite often we get that a little bit wrong and maybe we put too much pressure on our children. Or maybe it's something just as simple as having a vehicle that gets you from A to B, goes, but you in yourself want something a little bit newer, a little bit better. These things that take priority in our lives take time. Take our time. You know, looking for work is time-consuming. You might have to travel a distance in order to find work that you can do. Your family having to work maybe long hours in order to provide food and a home for them. Trying to find the right school for your children is, you know, going on the internet these days and looking at different schools and, and how, what they are achieving and finding the right place for your child. And even sitting down with a child to make sure they, they do their homework or what they're set to do. Um, but then, as you sit to do that, your phone goes. So you go and take a phone call. So what would have taken you maybe an hour or half an hour now takes you an hour because you've taken a phone call in the middle. And in fact, I can add that in. I didn't write it down. But social media, how many people spend hours on social media or on their computer? I haven't reached that stage yet, I hasten to add. Um, but people do. It's a way of life almost these days. And you hear of parents who are sitting at the table doing whatever on their phones and children wanting their attention because they're mum and dad. They want to talk to them. They want to share with them. But they're so wrapped up in their priorities must just look and see what so-and-so's put on here. Must just do this. It's time-consuming. In these verses that Paul wrote to a church, he says that our top priority should be prayer. Our prayer is communion with God, a way of holding a conversation with our Father God. That should take priority. And in fact, when Moses went up Mount Sinai in the Old Testament and received the commandments from God, the first commandment says, I don't, do not worship any God but me. God says, I want your time. I want you to spend time with me. And as Shelby said earlier, you know, we need to find that time just to sit in God's presence 
and to receive from him. It's verse five here said, when I find it, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. We of ourselves don't have any connection to God. There is, as it were, a big, large chasm, a big abyss between us and God. But this verse tells us that Jesus died and offered us in his death and resurrection a means of making and uh, having that connection with God. When Jesus died on the cross, God was on one side, man or humankind was on the other. And that cross became the bridge by which we can have access to God. Through Jesus on that cross, we have a connection to God. Jesus said in, in John's Gospel, he said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father but by me. We can only have access to God the Father through Jesus Christ by coming to that place of the cross and receiving the free gift of forgiveness. Sometimes um, we deliberately go after the things that we think we want. Whether that is another car, whether that's, you know, we, we think that's what we want. But we do it without consultation. We do it without actually praying about it. We just make up our minds that that's what. And what God calls us to do is to have faith, to trust him. Throughout his word, he's, he tells us that he would not give us, he will not give his children bad things. His children being those who have come and made that connection to him, have come into his kingdom, into his household. We see Jesus as our example. You know, Jesus didn't just go around healing people. He did, but not on his own. He prayed. He went off on his own and prayed. He prayed. And God's spirit in him allowed him to perform wonderful things, healing people, forgiving sins. God requires that we put him at the center of our lives. And again, Shelby said this earlier. If we truly believe that Jesus died for us, then God should be our world. God should be everything to us. 
we don't deserve to be freed from from sin and, and the darkness that sometimes enters our lives. But through Jesus, we can be. He takes that guilt um, and the darkness, the filth, the dirt that is in our lives. He will take it and restore us. He will clothe us with his righteousness, his rightness. But then we can't just sit back. We need to move forward. We need to step out in faith. We need to live our lives as God requires. And the question is, are we? Are we doing that? Is there some area of our life that is still not quite surrendered to God? And having faith is not always easy. Not always easy at all. But I would like to read some verses from Luke. Luke chapter 11. And these verses have always been very... Something that I've held on to when times have been difficult. Luke eleven twenty two to 34 says... He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. That is not the one I wanted. Um, I've got that wrong. The verses I wanted to quote actually were about um, when Jesus said that God would provide for us. He told his disciples to look at the flowers in the field at the birds of the air, and how God provides for them. They find food. The flowers are beautiful. And it still amazes me that people cannot see the beauty of Jesus in in the flowers. Look at the variety, the amazing variety. A flower is a flower, but each flower is different. And even in the human race, each one of us is different. And I sometimes think, you know, if I had two ears, a nose, a mouth, eyes, how many different variations of that could I make? Not many, I don't think. But God has this wonderful way of creating just a variety of things that are amazing. And I cannot but believe and have faith in God when I look at that. But still it comes back on a day-to-day basis. We need to pray. And with our freedom in Jesus, it means we're free to pray for others. And I, it struck me. I, I don't know whether it's the first time I've actually thought this, but as I was reading this, I, it just suddenly made... It it leapt out at me, if you like. But we're called to pray for others. Yes, we do that, maybe. But we're called to pray for kings and those in authority over us. When was the last time you prayed for Boris Johnson? Whatever your political persuasion, when was that he's in charge, and it's not the Queen, it is the government who are in charge, When was the last time you actually prayed? Not just prayed in a, 
airy-fairy sort of way, but pray that he will come to know Jesus Christ as his saviour, that the change that would come in him would affect just so much. It would affect the people around him, the cabinet, the government. It would filter down so that the ordinary people would be able to live in peace, confident that he is making decisions that are in communion with God, what he should be doing. You know, we can we we do pray for others, and quite often we pray very weakly, shall we say, rather than praying that their lives will be changed by the power of God. God longs for us to just help other people to understand the truth. Paul had a wonderful experience of God when he was going um, on the road to Damascus, essentially to make trouble, to put it mildly. He was a murderer. He didn't like the Christians. He wanted to destroy them, to, to just get rid of them. But God met with him and God changed his life. God met with me and changed my life. I was quite young, but you know, he's never ever let me go. He's never let me down. Yes, I've wandered off, done things I shouldn't have done, but I know that God has forgiven. He's cleansed, he's healed. I've known that in my life. And the thing is that it's free for everybody. Everybody can know that. But how will they know about it unless we make it our priority to speak, to share, to invite people into church to hear? It's just amazing what God can do. You know, I've heard many testimonies. You know, we talk about Paul because that's in scripture. But, you know, over the years, I've heard testimonies from people who have been just turned around when they understood the life that Jesus would give them if they, if they surrendered to him. And lastly, in verse 8, Paul exhorts us, and not just men, but every, every person who loves Jesus, to pray with holy hands held high. Over the years, it's become a, a bit more relaxed in church. And we do raise our hands sometimes. Usually when we're singing worship songs because we're in a way lifted out of ourselves, we're in that, in that moment with Jesus and we just want to reach out to him. But we also need to be raising our hands in prayer. And I'll never forget the first time I saw 
um, in church, somebody I'd asked for prayer, and they went out to the front, and we were, as a church, asked to pray. So I stood there and joined in. Um, But I noticed there were a couple of people who actually reached out. They couldn't go and stand with the person, but they reached out. They held their hands up to God and prayed for that person. And sometimes it feels a bit uncomfortable. You can feel a bit, you know, self-conscious about doing it. But Paul says, do it. Hold your hands up to God when praying. Don't have any sin or anger or bad feeling within you when you're doing this. You know, we sometimes say when we have communion, we have that time of prayer. Because coming before God, we need to be clean. Again, through Jesus Christ, we have that cleansing. And through Jesus Christ, God will listen to our prayers and our petitions. He will hear the prayers for other people. And he, more than anything, although we voice our prayers, God sees our heart. He knows how we're praying. We often ask to pray by God's Spirit. God's Spirit can prompt us, can... Funnily enough, over the years I've learned that sometimes I can pray and I pray with my mouth and with my mind and I stutter and I, you know, I just can't get the words out. But there are times when I know God's Spirit, I maybe not remember what I said, but I know that the words are flowing because I'm, I'm in communion with God about something, whether it's... So going back to where I started, you know, none of the things I suggested that have priority in your life are wrong. Don't, don't misunderstand me on that. They're not wrong. We need to have priorities in our lives. But the first priority is God. Our first priority to put everything else right is God. And there are some verses that say in the Bible, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. If you put God first, everything else will slot into place. That doesn't mean to say they'll be easy. It doesn't mean to say it won't be hard. But we do it with God. We do it with someone who created us, someone who knows exactly what we're going through, who knows how to guide us and help us to get through it. And again, personal experience tells me that through my life, I've known uh, God guiding me through situations, sometimes very difficult ones. But you know, he goes with it, through it with us. And Jesus said on the night that he was arrested and the the... Um, as he was going to the cross the night before that he with, with his disciples he went off on his own a little way told them to wait for him and he poured out his heart to God the Father and he asked if there was any way that this could be taken from him that he wouldn't need to go to the cross but there wasn't that was the only way that we could be 
reconnected to God. Uh, the original creator who made a perfect world for Adam and Eve. But through their disobedience, it fell apart. I thank God that we have Jesus to go to when we get it wrong. He will take our guilt, our shame, and help us to start again. So if you're struggling with your priorities, the only way to get them right is to seek God through Jesus. Pray that this week we'll see the beginning of that happening. I struggle, as Shelby said, with finding that. I've got plenty of time, believe it or not. But finding time for Jesus, you know, everything else gets in the way. All the other priorities, time-consuming. Where is God in all of that? At the bottom of the list, probably. So it's a, it takes effort. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes practice, almost, to find that time. I had a Sunday school teacher when I was young, and I'll always remember her telling me, I don't know what her position was, because I was too young to understand, but I, I got the feeling that maybe she was a missus, so she had had her husband, but whether the war had taken him from her, I don't know. But she was on her own. And she said to me, um, she had made a promise to God that if he woke her up at five o'clock every morning, she would spend time with him. And sure enough, she did. He, he woke her. And, but that couldn't have been easy. You know, okay, the first day, yeah, okay, and get up. But after a few days, you not think, I can't do this anymore, or I'm too tired. or. But she was faithful. And she's the one person who prayed for me, prayed for my salvation. And God answered her prayer. So people are praying for you, even this morning, people are praying for you to come to know God, to know Jesus in your life. Not just on a Sunday, it's good, great, but every moment of every day of the week. And so often, even on Sundays, people sometimes find, think that Sundays might be a day when, you know, I was going to say, because I wanted a day, I wanted a Sunday off, and God told me, no, <laughs> you come here this morning, you're going to speak. Um, so, we have to be faithful to God. And that does cause sometimes a bit of argument within us. But you know what? I'm so pleased to be here this morning. I'm so pleased to share Jesus with you. I'm so pleased that he answers prayer. Let's just pray now. Father God, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you came into this world and sacrificed your life for us, that we could be reconnected to God our Father, that we could receive all the benefit that that gives us, new life, a good life, an enjoyment of life, 
And when we look around at your creation, whether it's people, flowers, Lord, so many things that you created for our pleasure. We give you thanks, Lord, this morning. And Father, we pray that you will, by your spirit, change our lives again. It's a constant changing of our lives. We learn new things about you. We change little by little by little. And Father, sometimes it takes us longer than others to reach where we need to be. But Father, we pray that this week, your spirit will prompt us to spend that time with you. And whether it's five minutes, half an hour, maybe longer, Lord, let's just sit in your presence to know your will for our lives and be willing to be obedient to you. So, Father, we just pray that you will just bless us now. Those at Stone, those here at Ainsford, Father, we just pray that your blessing will rest on each one of us, that we will be at peace in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.